0: Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans.
1: Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health literacy and communications expert. That's me. Talk about what you need to know about COVID-19.
0: You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started.
1: (laughs) Smoking and COVID-19. Young adults who smoke have double the risk of getting seriously sick with COVID-19, more so than non-smokers, according to new research. Smoking and vaping are risky behavior for any age group when it comes to respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19, but they stand out as a vulnerability for people between the ages of 18 and 25 years old, partly because that age group has so few other risk conditions for severe COVID-19 infection, according to a study published in the Journal of Adolescent Health.
0: Now, the most prevalent factor conferring medical vulnerability to severe COVID 19 illness among young adults was smoking. Notably, the risk of being medically vulnerable to severe diseases halved. That's halved when smokers are removed from the sample. Now, in, uh, in May, a study at, at the University of California, San Francisco, researchers there also found that smokers and vapers and people who used to smoke or vape were almost twice as likely to experience negative COVID-19 outcomes as people who've never smoked.
1: At an estimated 12%, Washington state adults have the third lowest cigarette smoking rate of any state behind Utah and California, according to the data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for 2018, which was the most recent year that these stats were available. The states with the highest percentage of smokers were West Virginia, with more than a quarter of smoking adults, Kentucky with 23.4%, and Arkansas with almost 23%.
0: Adolescents, meanwhile seem to be reaching for e-cigarettes instead. And a Healthy Youth Survey found that more than four times as many 10th graders report using vapor products than cigarettes, according to the Washington State Department of Health. Doc Riggs, you know, I will say at the very, very, very beginning, you were all over smoking and vaping. Uh, And and I remember I'm like, well, you know... uh, uh, you know, and I—it was, it, you know, I wasn't something that that I was I was there on quite yet. But you were very early with smoking and vaping. Stop, because you are going to potentially harm yourself with COVID nineteen, and you were right.
1: If you have a virus that is attacking your respiratory system and damaging the cells of your respiratory system. Annie Mae would say, what kind of would do something to hurt they lungs if it's going to hurt the lungs, baby? Whether it's vaping or smoking, regularly inhaling something besides air into the lungs is continuing to prove to be even riskier during a pandemic involving a respiratory illness. (laughs) And while young adults' chances of severe COVID-19 symptoms or death is generally low, the UCSF studies Clearly prove the same as Annie Mae. They show that the equation can change when a person is a smoker. Don't smoke anything. Don't put anything in your lungs. Don't hurt your lungs. Don't help the virus. And the
0: other thing too is how do you how do you smoke <laughs> do when really? you how do you smoke when you wear a mask? You should just be wearing a mask all the time and not and not even worrying about smoking.
1: Doc, you don't know the young adults that I know. <laughs> they, <laughs> they can be really creative. <laughs> don't smoke, y'all. Please. Please. Some people still don't believe. As the cases of coronavirus are increasing, so too are the anti-lockdown protesters. Michigan has been a hotspot for these protests, and despite the differences between cultures and ideas, people describe their beliefs similarly. People have come to the realization that information provided by the schools, media, politicians cannot be trusted because they are run by powerful people who, in their opinion, look to oppress the ordinary people.
0: During the Michigan shutdown in April many people launched Facebook pages in regards to how the shutdown affected their mental health. They also started petitions as well. Many of those pages were shut down due to violating rules of social media. Protesters believe that removing these posts were evidence that powerful elites are trying to silence those that are more conservative. There are speculations about the lockdown, that, it benefits the rich, the wealthy, as well as powerful people. And it seems like many of the businesses that got the loans were already big companies, and and they were.
1: Meanwhile, over 250,000 motorcyclists will meet up for the 80th annual Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Many of them will walk around without masks and are not concerned about the virus. Some even mention, I quote, if I get sick, then I get sick. This is what they believe is an annual tradition and cannot be missed. People come to meet up with old friends and celebrate their wedding anniversaries and other various
0: core beliefs. That's right. So you see here in the US, we have laws and our constitution, like freedom of speech and beliefs to protect our citizens. Many people are against lockdown because they feel like they're being oppressed. They feel like this lockdown only benefits the rich and wealthy while ignoring the interest of beliefs of the regular everyday people. You know, Doc, <laughs> you and I have talked about this, you know, and and, and these folks that don't believe in the virus. uh, We we see the same thing with those that don't believe in vaccines. And there just tends to be groups of individuals that just see life differently than we do. We oftentimes say that we live in a post-truth America. And and I do believe that. And it it has been frustrating uh, to try to continue to bring the most up-to-date and scientific information to people, so as to save their lives or to, to save their the lives of their family members, only to be met with resistance. And I guess it should be no surprise that we're seeing public health officials uh, resigning uh, all over the country uh, due to the extreme stress and the unfortunate politicization that has occurred as a
1: result of this. Worsened Healthcare Inadequacies for Pregnant Black Women. Medical racism and injustice has largely been highlighted and exposed since the outbreak began. On the show, we've discussed several of these injustices, including healthcare disparities in the black community, as well as some potential complications pregnant women face with the lurking risk of COVID-19. Today, we're presenting a story that touches on these topics' intersection, black pregnant women and the heightened inadequacies they now face. Prior to the pandemic, black
0: women were three to four times more likely than white women to die during pregnancy. In New York City, black women are eight to 12 times more likely to die than their white counterparts during childbirth. These statistics are regardless of income or education level of the mother and are purely tied to the systemic racism that underlines the healthcare system in the country. As COVID-19 causes greater resource scarcity and poor time management in hospitals, black women's health concerns are being ignored and belittled even greater than before, consequently leading to severe health complications or even death. They are not taken seriously and their concerns are turned away as some healthcare workers prioritize others before them. Just as a personal note, this is an area of, of my professional research. And if you are interested in this idea of how black women are more likely to die than white women, there is an excellent article in the April 2017 edition of the New Yorker magazine uh, by Linda Villarosa, who spells it out beautifully. If this is something you're interested in, please read that article. It is eye-opening.
1: So the research reflects that most of these deaths could have been prevented had healthcare measures been taken earlier. Studies are in progress now to decipher if this disparity is getting worse with COVID-19. While no conclusive results have been released yet, many anecdotes and personal stories portray that this racially biased disparity is indeed worsening amidst the outbreak. Story after story is produced in the media, telling the heartbreaking tale of another black mother's death during pregnancy or childbirth. Doc, this is an area of interest for you. How do we foster a widespread solution to mitigating this awful disparity, COVID-19 or not?
0: You know, I mean, so that's a complicated uh, question, of course. And, you know, just real quickly, let's just be very clear that when we talk about the social determinants of health, we have to remember the social determinants of health are just basically a collection of final outcomes as a result of the systemic racism that has existed in this country for 400 years. And so when we talk about redoing our healthcare system, or when we talk about improving the measures, certainly some of these desperate measures that we're seeing here, we have to do it from the perspective of an anti-racism lens. Uh, There's no other way of doing it. And not only just racism, but it's an anti-racism, it's an anti-misogyny, an anti-trans, and homophobia. That's it. That's how we reverse this uh, moving forward. So, you know, the simple and surface-level answer is to take all patients' concerns seriously. Unfortunately, racism is sometimes less apparent and more hidden. So healthcare workers truly believe that they treat all patients alike when in actuality... White patients statistically receive better health care than people of color, again, regardless of education or income levels. And again, if you read Linda Villarosa's article, she mentions that as well. We've seen just how clear and obvious several healthcare disparities and inequalities have become since COVID-19 has shifted all of our lives. Now more than ever, we need to work diligently to close the gap of inequality and injustice within the healthcare system and beyond. The first step is acknowledging that there is a problem to be dealt with and solved. And then the next step is that we need to implement immediately anti-racism, anti-misogyny, and anti-trans, and anti-homophobia messaging and processes
1: Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19.
0: You can find Doc Griggs at docgriggs1 on social media and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at drdery. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter Nola on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com.
1: Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc,
0: protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.